What's up, Chuckers? Welcome to Catch This Podcast. Today, Nook, you're going to be taking on uh, sports slinging and uh, discussing that for us. So uh, take it away. Well, hello. What's up, Chuckers? Ah, yes, this is Nook. And uh, this is going to be our third episode, I believe. And, fourth. Uh, four, four, you are correct. This is our fourth episode. Okay. Uh, I've only had about three sips of coffee. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we are talking today about slinging as sport. Uh, we are tragically moving away from blood and guts for at least one episode. And we're going to talk about slinging just for fun, uh, where... Presumably, no one gets hurt. Well, that's the idea, at least. So, yeah, generally speaking, responsible responsible sports slinging, we will will say. So, um, yeah, let's uh, with that. Let's go ahead and dive right into it. We've talked a little bit about uh, you know some of the history and David and Goliath and some other things in the past, well known things with slinging, and uh, I think when you're uh, when you're talking about slinging for sport. It generally breaks down into two main categories. Uh, one is slinging for distance, and the other is slinging for accuracy. And obviously those two are not mutually exclusive, so you could try slinging at different distances for accuracy or uh, that sort of thing. But basically, when people start to get into slinging and start to have fun with it and, and start to challenge themselves and push themselves, those are the two things that they really try to push, is they try to push their accuracy or they try to push how far they can throw. And uh, so I believe that the Guinness Book of World Records says that David Engvall at Baldwin Lake, California on September 13th, 1992 currently holds the record for the longest, longest sling shot and uh, unfortunate choice of terms there. (laughs) You know, just to confuse things with slingshots again. I, have we had that rant yet? I think we're going to have to do a whole episode on that. We we are definitely going to have to do an episode about uh, slings versus slingshots and and how they are one hundred percent not the same, except in the language of what it sounds like when you're talking about them, just to confuse things. Yeah. But um, I think that's enough of enough of the rant for now that people will get the idea. Um, so the longest sling shot, the longest shot with a sling, not a slingshot, is held by David Ingvall. It happened in California in 1992, been a while, and basically I believe he used what looks like a, a dart or a missile. Uh, it had fins on it, and it had a special hook and a special sling, and his distance was 477.1 meters. Uh, where he threw a four ounce dart. That is a pretty long distance for a throw. Like I've, the longest I've managed that I know roughly how long it was was something like a hundred, hundred nine meters maybe. Uh, so not that great <laughs> in comparison. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever actually tried to to throw. So I take that back. I've I've been at a football field before and tried to throw tennis balls which uh, are not known for extreme distance. So I've, I don't think I've even thrown 100 meters just because I haven't actually been to a place or tried seriously to, uh, to throw anything other than a tennis ball those distances. So I think you've got me beat, Kick. So, so <laughs> what we're saying here is that we have absolutely no right to be talking about this and have no idea what we're talking about. Well, I think people got the idea of that from the first couple of episodes, so they should be, it should be expected by now. 
they should have. But, uh, you know, if you haven't by now, then uh, we're experts, folks. Don't try this at home. <laughs> uh, or do, I'm sorry, do try this at home. That's the whole point of the podcast, right? We're trying to get people to actually yeah, do try it at home. Yeah. Do try it at home. And uh, if somebody can beat my record of somewhere between 50 and 100 yards, 100 meters, um, then please do. <laughs> that is kind of the thing with the uh, distance slinging is that so many aspects go into it because David Engvall managed it with this like dart with thinned dart type uh, ammo. But really, like for myself, I, I mostly use stones that are, well, the the weight varies a lot, but stones aren't the most aerodynamic or best ammo for distance. I mean, the previous uh, world record for slinging an object was Larry Bray, um, which he managed 478 uh, yards or 437.1 meters, and he used a rock and, and sling, and to be honest, I, I kind of think that Larry kind of has more of a claim to the actual record because he was using a, a, a real sling, as it were, and a real <laughs> ammo, not some fancy dart. So but that's just my opinion. I, I would tend to agree with you. I think your opinion plus my opinion is clearly more authoritative than the Guinness Book of World Records anyway. Yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, at least when it comes to slinging, because uh, because we have a podcast about it. Exactly. The number one podcast. The, yes, the number one. The the best and worst podcast known to man about singing uh, for now. <laughs> so, yeah, Larry Bray, I, I'm looking at a picture. We'll, we'll put photos of the uh, Larry Bray and David Engvall uh, slings up on the website for the show notes for this episode. I'm looking at uh, Larry Bray's sling right now, and it's very simple. It's just a little leather pouch with a hole in the middle. And you know, nothing special about it. But the thing that I thought was interesting about both of these slings and both of these sling records is how lightweight the ammo is. I was just the other day watching, uh, I believe it was uh, Jorg Sprav and um, Todd from Todd's Workshop talking about slingshots and comparing slingshots to slings. Again, that's, that's another episode, but Jorg Sprav, uh, one of the points that he made was and I think this is a common, uh, common belief in the slinging world is that you need really heavy ammo, and I guess a sixty-two gram or a fifty-two gram uh, rock or dart is relatively heavy compared to something like a a BB that you shoot from a slingshot. But in terms of slinging, that's actually not that not that heavy. It's it's quite similar to in weight to some of the lead glandes that they found in history but um with a stone usually they are a bit bigger than that i've from from what i've understood in most places and it 52 grams would be light for me i i'm usually i don't know about 170 grams is usually a good a good weight for it to feel comfortable so yeah 52 grams is pretty light yeah, a lot of people are, tend to be more comfortable with that uh, over 100 grams, between 150, 200 grams. Somewhere in there is, yeah. uh, I know uh, when people are slinging for accuracy, upwards of 200 grams is a, a common weight. Yeah. So so the uh, the fact that the longest distance slings are both you know, 62 and 52 grams. Uh, and did we say what Larry Bray's distance was? It was uh, 437 meters. Versus 477 meters, so both really long distance, and uh, you know at least compared to what I'm used to seeing. Yeah. 
and they do it with with what most slingers would consider a really lightweight ammo. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, you hear this over and over again where people talk about how the ammo needs to be heavy, and then you look at the the long distance records, and it would be what most consider most slingers would actually consider ammo to be too light, even uncomfortably light. I, I do wonder how much of it is down to like thinking i'm again talking about history and i know we covered that already but (laughs) um with with the ammo found from history i wonder if the rocks were heavier there and also people use heavier rocks when doing target uh target slinging because of the impact that they want to impart on whatever they're slinging at so with the lighter uh lead glandes you it wasn't so much about crushing whatever you're hitting it was actually going into whatever you were hitting that's why they they like the romans had tools for removing sling bullets from people because they would enter <laughs> the target but if you're using a big rock and we're back to blood and guts it wasn't going to last long really was it it was a good run it was a good run but if you if you've got a big rock then you want that rock to be heavy enough to do damage to whatever you're throwing at so i wonder if that has some sort of that maybe because with distance of course you're maximizing distance not damage so i wonder if that's that's why people don't use lower weight ammo as much well i mean if you're throwing four over 400 meters i think you've got to get it moving fast enough to do damage either way true true. Uh, so something lightweight that it's got to be moving really fast in order to get that kind of distance I do have a theory on that, though, and this is where everyone can start rolling their eyes, because I, I believe in our initial intro, I did admit to being the uh, the math guy. <laughs> so I'm not going to use any equations here, but I, I do have, a th- and this actually has very little to do with math, but uh, my theory is that the heavier ammo feels better for most people because, anatomically speaking, uh, the human body is inextricably linked to slinging, right? Unlike a bow or a slingshot or a... Uh, a rifle or something like that, where you're basically just holding a position and then releasing your projectile. A sling is a whole body motion. And when you're using something heavy, it actually, if you haven't trained specifically to throw lightweight ammo, uh, it feels more correct when you're, you're, uh, the body is better at very strong, slow movements. And so if you use something that's heavy, it's, it feels more compatible with the way muscles tend to work if that makes sense yeah i, I think that makes that makes sense like I, I do remember that when i first started i was using like sometimes ridiculously heavy ammo up to like 500 grams i think <laughs> which is like that is like crazy weights but i i was finding that heavier ammo was easier to be accurate with so that isn't for distance but you can you can feel where where the stone is much more easily. I'm now that I'm more experienced. I feel that it's I don't need that much weight to know what's happening with the sling. But when you when I was first starting out, it did help to have that sort of feedback of exactly where the pull was as to when I needed to release. So I think that's that's got that makes some sense. Yeah, and I am definitely not a uh, uh, biomechanics expert of any sort. You know, not many, not too many things that I am an expert in, but, uh, you know, hey, that's why we have a podcast is just, just to, uh, increase our, our lack of authority for the rest of the world, right? We already have microphones. They can't stop us now. That's right. That's right. All right. So I guess that is a good segue into accuracy. And you can't talk about 
accuracy slinging for sport without talking about the Balearic competition. And so, Kick, I believe that, uh, speaking of experts, you've been there. Well, you say expert, I've been once. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I, I went for the 2020 competition. It was luckily just before Corona hit, so, um, that was, <laughs> that was lucky on my part that I managed to attend it. That was, that was really great fun. It, it's a, it's a fantastic, uh, thing that they have over there where they have multiple competitions over multiple days slinging with both stones and tennis balls uh if i can remember the distances correctly it was 30 meters for men um and then 20 meters for women and youths if i if i think that's correct wait wait hold on hold on this is uh editing kick um i messed up it's 20 meters for men and 10 meters for women and youths so I, I did a I did a mess up. Okay, back to the episode. They use the very um, it's it's a well known now target, uh, which is the it's a wooden backboard with a metal uh, circle in the center of the the Diana, and you get uh, two points for a hit on the Diana, one point for a hit on the wooden board. Um, we'll have a lot more information about the target and. Uh, the rules for the Balearic competitions in the blog post, so I won't go into too much of it there. I'll talk more about the actual time, but um, it is really a, a really fantastic uh, event. They have people from all over the Balearic Islands, then also people from the mainland, mainland Spain, and then people from all over the world, like myself. Um, there was an uh, Austrian team. The Austrian women's team was particularly good in 2020. I think I think it was their first time going as a full team. Um, they did fantastically well. There's some Germans, some Swiss guys. I know that in the next competition, which is going to be this year, there's someone coming from India. Um, there's been people from Guam coming previous years. I unfortunately wasn't uh, didn't get to meet them last year. They weren't there, but. Um, yeah, it, it's a really fantastic time, and uh, I really recommend everyone go. For one thing, I, I think with most people that are into slinging have the problem that they don't know anyone else that does any slinging. Um, like, finding someone else to meet up with and practice is almost impossible, it seems. And even when you do know people, such as through the forum, a lot of the times, you know, trying to work out timetables and everything, it can, it can, and traveling and all that stuff gets difficult. Yeah, and when we say forum, that is uh, slinging.org. So that, that is, uh, give a shout out to slinging.org. That's, that's how Kick and I met each other. And, uh, yeah, there's actually quite a few slingers on slinging.org in Texas, and I have never met up with any of them yet. So we've, we've talked about it, but Texas is a fairly large place, and you can, you can measure, uh, slinger density in, uh, you know, slingers per hundred square miles, I think, would be a, a, a fair way to measure it because there's uh, not too many of them out there that are easy to find, at least. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of secret slingers who never say hi on the forum. Uh, shame on you. But uh, <laughs> there are slingers out there, and I think a lot of people are interested, but the best way to find somebody to go slinging with is to introduce them to slinging. That seems to be your best bet. The great thing about the competition is that if you can't find anyone that you can convince into sling, you can meet some people there that uh, are just as interested in you and in, in this hobby. So um, for me, it was the first time, I think, meeting up with anyone that was 
into slinging at all. It was fantastic. I remember I met up with um, uh, David, David Morningstar on the forum, and uh, Hubert. I met up with them at the airport, and then we took the connecting flight to um, Palma. And within a couple of minutes, we were already talking about like Roman siege engines, and, uh, and talking about what, like what we were doing with back to blood and guts, back to blood and, blood and guts. But you know, it was it it was it was really it it was really great to like meet meet up with people that were interested in these same things that I was for the first time, and just being around all these people that were into slinging, that were showing like comparing slings with each other, comparing ammo, like discussing tactics and <laughs> for the competition and uh technique it was it was such a good experience and i learned a lot it was uh three three days in all and i learned more than i had for the entire time i was slinging before that i feel um so i i really recommend everyone get down to the Balearic islands i believe the next one is going to be in ibiza i'm hoping to be there it's in october 2021 we'll have a link to the information for that so and also uh- I believe this year there's another big competition also in Guam, right? The internationals. Yes. Uh, I, uh, do they? I think they had the in, an international competition. I don't know if they're running a second one. But did that? Did that already occur? I'm, I may be off here. Yes, I think I think it was in February because ah, it was okay. um, it was to also celebrate the 500 year anniversary of the uh, Spanish. Um, invasion of Guam. Uh, it was, it was, uh, they're kind of uh, using the time to commemorate the island culture and like celebrate the native culture there, um, of the Chamorro people, which, uh, I, I talking of, of Guam and the competitions they've been ha- uh, having there. It's, it's been fantastic to see how quickly they've managed to build up a following there of people into slinging and, uh, how they've linked it to, you know, their native culture and, really celebrate that it's it's really great to say I, I would love to go out to guam but it's uh it's a little expensive it's a little far away from finland but maybe one day yeah i, I think guam and uh spain are equally expensive from texas or, or about the same but uh actually i do have a uh my my sister-in-law's parents live in guam so i'm one of these days i might make it out there i'd at least have somebody that i know uh outside of the singing community and uh, I, the nice thing about slinging, though, is you show up as a slinger, and you're like Kick said, you're gonna you're gonna have immediate friends who have that in common because there's not that many of us out there who are really into slinging. There's a lot of people who are curious about it, but if you find another slinger who self-identifies as a slinger, then it's it's like you have an instant connection, even halfway around the world or all the way around the world. With the Slinging.org forum, I had met and talked to a lot of people on there, but I only knew them as the as their like was like their username on the forum and then actually going and to the competition and meeting these people that I've been speaking to for ages was uh, fantastic because you know, there's there's always going to be a distance with the screen, so getting to meet someone face to face was was really was really great. And then all the all the people that weren't on the forum that were there talking with them and yeah, it's I think this is where slinging it can be at its best when you're actually slinging with other people. And it's a shame that that's one of the hardest things to organize, it seems, with slinging is to actually sling with other people because that's where it, when it feels at its best. One of the best experiences that I've had personally is as I was getting into making slings and uh, I, I kind of made it a, a personal challenge to see to make a, a decent sling as fast as possible 
at, to see if I could crank out a bunch of slings because I want, I honestly just like giving them away to people and love introducing other people to the fun of slinging. So I started making slings as fast as I could a couple of years ago. And then I would just take them into the office where I work. I, I work in a professional engineering uh, environment. And so I, I would just start handing out a sling and a tennis ball to random engineers in the office. And it's hard to describe the joy. It, it's kind of a surreal feeling. You, you find you know, I'm, I'm an adult man, 40 years old. <laughs> Forty uh, ish. I don't know. I have to. You, you can lie. They can't see. You can, they can't see you on the on the podcast. You can say whatever you that, like. No, that, that's true. I I'm supposed to be the math guy, but <laughs> I had to pause there. No, I, that just sounds really old. <laughs> uh, no, so so we'll, we'll just go with that. A forty year old man, uh, grown man, walks into an office and hands a tennis ball to a colleague, and then we go out into a field and play catch like a bunch of little kids. And there is so much fun in that. That it, it's hard to describe. I mean, you, everybody just walks away from their computer, goes out, sees the sun, and literally just playing catch. You know, not a game, not a, not even a competition where we're all trying to one up each other and hit the target or something like that. But just standing, you know, fifty yards apart in a field and throwing a tennis ball back and forth. And, and there's something that's that's very liberating about it, and it, it's it's really hard to describe the feeling, but people have so much fun with it. You just hand them a sling. If you can convince them to walk away from their keyboard for 15 minutes, then uh, you'll get them hooked. So I've been doing that in the office, and it is a great way to introduce people to slinging, and also just a, it's a good way to introduce, to get, to give people who are brand new slingers a feel for what you can really do with the sling, because it, it's really surprising. You think about standing in a field and playing catch, and usually people are going to be standing, you know, uh, 20, 30 feet away from each other tops. And then you multiply that by four or five. And that's what you can do with a sling, even with a brand new slinger. That was one thing I wanted to bring up the point is one way to find other slingers or to, to sling with other people is to just hand them a sling and go out and sling. Go out and make some slingers to sling with. <laughs> yeah, go, go, go make some. And I, I've had some, some moderate success with doing that. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it is an office environment and we still have work to do so we don't get to do it all day but it's a great way to blow off some steam or to take a break from work to just go out and we just happen to be in a place where we've got big open fields right outside the office so it was easy for us not everybody can do that obviously but uh, if you can if there's a park or some place nearby grab a tennis ball grab a couple colleagues and just act like kids for a little while uh, it, it's worth it it's a lot of fun so let's get back to accuracy. So, Kick, you mentioned the Balearic target, uh, which is the official measurements are uh, 1.2 meters square. Is that right? Yeah, so the, the it's a square target. Yeah, the metal Diana, which is the bullseye, it's a 50 centimeter circle. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty great target because when you hit the Diana, you get this really nice clang sound that gives you good audible feedback of when you hit. I can say when you hit one and you get that clang, it is a really great, a really great feeling. And with the stones that they have in the Balearic Islands, they're not all that strong. 
um, compared to like here in Finland, we have like granite stones, which can really take a beating. They never break, but the ones in the Blurik Islands are much weaker. So when you do hit that Diana, it explodes in a cloud of like dust and stone shards. And with the explosion and the sound, it's, it's pretty great. And then also you have everyone around you cheering that you got a Diana. So it's, uh, it's a really great feeling. Yeah, the, that's one thing is this community is uh, generally very encouraging. When you go out singing with other people, it, it's not uh, the competitive side is uh, like people do compete with each other and try to win. But generally, the atmosphere is very positive. And that's something that I've I've observed no matter where you are around the world. Slingers seem to stick together and, and uh, just have some fun. And that's that's a very important part of it. Now, if if you want to get competitive and you want to you know one up everybody else, so you know that's if that's your thing, then then go for it. But uh, my my observation is that the singing community tends to be very positive and very encouraging of one another while competing. That's what I found with the competition because um, it was my first time going there. I I didn't I didn't really know anyone there. I I talked to someone on the forum uh, or from the international group, but from the uh, actual Balearic Islanders, I didn't know anyone there and they didn't know me. But uh, while I was slinging it, there'd be, not very often, but I would occasionally hit the target. And um, uh, and then people around would be cheering and I'd think, oh, okay, they're cheering for the person that's singing next to me. And I realised that, no, they were still cheering for me. They had no idea who I was. Uh, you know, they, they didn't know me from anyone else, but they were cheering me on all the same because I was a slinger and I got a point. So it was just, it is a very positive atmosphere and that all of the competition there was very friendly. There was no one that was, you know, getting <laughs> like, that was really uh, overly competitive or it, it never got like nasty like that at all. Everyone was just there to have a good time and sling and hang out and chat. So yeah, it was, it, it's a really great atmosphere there. And I, as you said, I think it, there is something about slinging generally that, <laughs> that seems to draw in nice people as far as I can see, as, as far as I've experienced. Yeah, so and we'd like to keep it that way, but uh, part of the point of this podcast is to try and encourage other people to get out and sing. So, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something crazy here. If anybody is around uh, the San Antonio, Texas area, then uh, shoot us an email at uh, feedback at catchthispodcast.com and... Uh, you know, maybe we can uh, hook up, go to a park, and uh, toss us a tennis ball around or something. And I don't know if you want to say the same thing for Finland, Kick. Yeah, if, if anyone's here listening uh, around the Helsinki area, then send a message, and I'll uh, I'll come meet you pretty much wherever. <laughs> I'm always up to go slinging. Yeah, same here. I, I'm always uh, happy to meet new singers, or if you're just interested and want to learn, let's uh, uh, let's try and make a thing of it. I know, uh, you know, there's there's people all around and. You know, so we haven't had a lot of response. This is a little bit of a bunny trail, but uh, I, I told people in the last few episodes to uh, send us an email and uh, I was going to do a drawing for a sling. We haven't had a huge response on that, so I'll, I'll throw that out again, uh, this time in the middle instead of at the end of the podcast. If you send us an email, tell us that you're out there, t- just say hi, whatever, then I'll throw you in the running. I've gotten a few, so somebody's getting a sling, so I'll, I'll send you a sling if you send us an email. We just want to get to know our audience and uh, and engage with you guys in in a bi-directional conversation in addition to the podcast where you can't talk back. 
and we can say whatever we want without you having a chance to respond. So, so this is your chance. Send us, uh, send us an email at feedback at catchthispodcast.com and back to the podcast. All right. Uh, enough of our little mini commercials. But, uh, okay, so we talked about competitions. We mentioned that the two big places where there's going to be a slinging competition is in the Balearic Islands and in Guam. And I don't know if there's an official website. I know that uh, various social media, uh, you kind of have to get tied into the sling community to, to stay on top of when and where those things happen. Is that right, Kick? Yeah, that's yeah, that's my understanding. But if you can come onto the sling.org forum and ask, and someone will, be, will point you in the right direction, um, that's probably the easiest way. Or just ask from one of us, and we can try and get that information to you. Uh, we we do have a a podcast website now that we can try and keep that information up to date there as well, just to have an extra data point for people to find. Yeah, yeah, and and on there we'll keep it up to date as best we can. <laughs> Try to keep that info up and running as we have information to, to share. So um, that's competitions. Uh, so speaking of slinging.org, another one of the, the fun competitive things that has been going on the last few years is there's a there's a thread on online challenges that uh, I know Kick, you and I have both competed in a little bit, probably you more than me. But if you go to slinging.org, we'll put a link again in the show notes there is a, a big, long uh, conversation on in there where people are just coming up with uh, ideas for things that would be challenging. And then if other people go and do it, then it turns into a friendly competition. Yeah, it's, it's been really fun doing those. I, I did, um, I've, I think almost all of the challenges that I've done, I think all of them are up on my YouTube channel if, uh, as well. So you can check those. But uh and that that's kick slinging, I believe. If you search for kick slinging on YouTube, then you will find it. I thought we'd finished with the uh, self promotion, but okay, <laughs> we're never we're never done. <laughs> but if, uh, if you don't if you don't share it, then nobody can find it. True, true. But uh, I I did quite a few of the indoor challenges because with uh, various places going into lockdown in 2020, there was a few suggestions for different ideas for things you can do inside and I've, I've done a fair bit of slinging indoors just because it's a lot easier than having to uh, drag all my equipment out to uh, to the field nearby that I've been slinging at so well you also have the the distinction of living in Finland where you go into lockdown every year for what's called winter yes that is the one thing as well uh, some of those indoor challenges can be quite useful if you're in the sort of northern hemisphere where maybe two to three foot of snow outside is not unusual and is most of the year and makes slinging somewhat difficult. So having some indoor challenges can be quite good as well. I've participated in a handful of those challenges. I did the the nail challenge, sort of. I don't think I ever completed it. I think I, I failed a few times and, uh, oh, no, I, I don't remember. I might have actually hit a nail, but uh, that was one that was popular. Very difficult, that one as well. Yeah, very difficult. Yeah, you put a nail into a piece of wood try to hit the nail and drive the nail into the wood. So uh, extreme accuracy challenge. Uh, I don't think there was a set distance. You just basically are throwing rocks at a nail and trying to drive the nail in. One of the fun things about these challenges is that it pushes you personally, pushes your skill level and probably your endurance as much as your skill level. Cause some of these, you just have to keep throwing until you hit it. That one took me a really long time and I didn't quite get it. Uh, fairly i may have used a hammer at the end <laughs> <laughs> I, so at i my initial 
entry into that one was more of a joke entry where I think I was throwing a hammer out of the sling at one point. That that could be one way of doing it, yeah. Well, I'll tell you now, it doesn't work very well. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, I think I did throw up a YouTube video on my personal channel, which I'm not going to promote. Because if you search for mine, it's just under my name, and uh, there's so many people with my name that it doesn't matter. You're probably not going to find it. Unless you <laughs> go to Kicks. If you go to Kicks, then you might find me from Kicks or from... Uh, you know, search for slinging, you'll find me eventually. So let's see, what other challenges are on there? The Pendulum Challenge was another one that was popular. Uh, and that, again, is just basically you, you put a swing a swinging target up, and uh, now you're trying to hit a moving target. And were there, I'm trying to remember, I don't know if there were size restrictions or if you just had to hit a target that was swinging like a pendulum. I don't but, think there were many restrictions. Um, I didn't actually take part in that one because I just didn't have the facilities for setting up a pendulum. But um, yeah, I don't think there are any restrictions necessarily. I think it was just a, a pendulum. I believe you're right. And and that's the thing is these are just fun, friendly competitions where it's more about doing it for your own personal challenge than about winning. There's no prize. Every once in a while, someone will throw a prize up as a, as just a way to entice more people to participate. But there's not really a, it's not a serious competition. It's more like a bunch of school kids sitting around making up the rules of a game while they're in the middle of playing it. That's probably the best way to describe yeah. the, uh, the sling, slinging.org uh, uh, challenge thread. There's a whole bunch of different challenges on there. Those two were some of the early ones that were popular. And then one that got a really good response was the one minute can challenge. Yeah, I, I still haven't attempted that one yet, mostly because I don't have any cans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's the only problem is uh, in Finland, you can trade cans in uh, for for money. So um, I or at least for money off of shopping. So. Uh, we don't have any cans lying around. We we trade them in pretty quick, so I need to save some up. Uh, yeah. Well, you can. I'm I'm pretty sure you can trade money in for cans as well. So you just sling at the money. Yeah, that's in. true. It's, it's that's equivalent. True. Yeah, I do just need to go out and get some. I think uh, that was that was more just my excuse for being lazy. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I've, I have participated in that one. I, I was one of the early ones that I, I think I was, I held the, uh, the championship with one can in one minute for quite a while. And then, then other people blew that out of the water. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the, the one minute can challenge was fun because it puts some time pressure on you. You're trying to hit as many cans as you can in a minute. And so you've got an accuracy challenge. You've got a, a time pressure and it, it, it's a, it's a big challenge. Just hitting a can from, I, I think there was a 10 meter uh, minimum distance on that particular challenge. Mm. So so it's not easy to hit something the size of a soda can or soup can. I don't think that was even specified. Uh, but, you know, generally something that's about two and a half inches across, or you know, what is that, uh, you know, six or seven centimeters. Yeah. Sorry, I, 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 I think in, I don't think in metric units most of the time, even though I actually prefer to use those, so... For our international listeners, sorry I'm using English uh, <laughs> English measurements, but America, so what can I say? <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, throwing, throwing, I, I threw tennis balls, you throw rocks, throw whatever at uh, cans. That one is a really fun challenge, and it really will push your, your skill set because uh, you've got to set up multiple cans, and then you learn to fine-tune your aim and try and make very small adjustments because you know, once you hit one, now you've got to adjust your aim and hit one that's in a different spot uh, out in front where you're throwing. So it's it's a really difficult challenge to do, but it's a really good way to build your slinging skills. 
Well, yeah, because usually with aiming and slinging, at least I've I found, I think some other people have talked about this before, that um, really you use your first shot or few shots just to see where where they're going and then you adjust from there to see where you can hit. So having that challenge where you have to get that accuracy quickly and then move on to another target without you know spending too much time with that adjustment is a really good sort of training training method um so yeah i, d- I do really need to go out and give it a go <laughs> yeah that one I, I would highly recommend for anybody who's uh, got a little bit of experience the first thing if you're just starting out with singing that's probably not the one to dive into because uh when you're brand new to singing the real challenge is to get the sling to throw in the direction that you want it to and to not have it land on top of your head when it flies out straight up. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but most people get past that pretty quick. And, and these challenges really are a good way to push your skill levels and to, to learn quickly uh, because you're focusing on you know, little small elements of singing in each of the challenges. You're, you learn quickly uh, how to improve those skills. Yeah. Uh, I, the the pendulum challenge is another one. I think that the sling is. Uh, I have a I have a, again me and my theories. I have a theory that the sling is one of the better moving target projectile weapons out there. You know, I I think about something like a rifle, and you've got a lot of weight, momentum, and it's designed to shoot in a straight line. So if you're trying to follow a moving target with a rifle, it's a big challenge. Uh, a slingshot is a little bit easier, but a sling, you're already moving your uh, your entire weapon, your entire projectile launcher is already in motion the entire time. So yeah. if you can if you can if you can train right, I think that the the sling is actually one of the easier things to to do with moving targets or to learn how to do moving targets because the natural state of a sling before you launch your projectile is in motion already. So it's just yeah. a matter of lining that motion up with the target. So yeah, you kind it, of, or you're already leading uh, right. your yeah. shot. So it, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it feels very natural to uh, to go after moving targets, and we'll we'll probably talk a little bit more about that when we go into hunting. Uh, I think we have a planned episode on that coming up soonish. Yeah, and you know, when we say soonish, if that's two episodes from now, that'd be a couple months away. Uh, I don't remember where where that was in the order. Anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, moving targets is really one that I don't think you have to already be an expert at slinging. It, it's, it kind of uses a different part of the brain. Yeah. So that one, that one I would recommend anybody try it if you have the ability to just put a big you know, uh, frying pan or pie plate or, or some sort of target out on a string and get it swinging. Just try it and see, see what... Oh, see if you like it, because that's one that I've been meaning to try as well. I haven't done the pendulum challenge. And mm-hmm. there's a whole slew of other challenges, and then you just make up your own if you want to. Uh, some of the uh, the other ones that tend to be popular are around Easter and Halloween. There's more of a more of an entertainment than a challenge where uh, where people are swinging either at Easter eggs or at pumpkins. And those are a lot of fun. I particularly like the pumpkin challenge. That's that's always been a really fun one. With the last one, I uh, was using a staff sling on a pumpkin as well and got some really good shots on it, I have to say. Uh, there's more luck. That's not me bragging. <laughs> but um, uh, I'll brag on kick. Yeah, you, you annihilated that pumpkin. It, it it was pretty fun. It's it's really fun to just 
smash a pumpkin up really um i I recommend everyone do it even if it isn't halloween if you can find a pumpkin sling at it it's really fun (laughs) and i will second that so i uh i am currently the reigning world champion of both the pumpkin challenge and the easter egg challenge (laughs) but mostly that that has nothing to do with skill that has to do with how silly I tend to be in front of a camera. Your video was really good, though. That that pumpkin, like with the uh, whole sort of um, Rude Goldberg machine esque, <laughs> like <laughs> setup, was fantastic. I believe you could probably find my channel and find that that video is pro- is is sort of my masterpiece at this point. Uh, the the pumpkin the singing pumpkin challenge. If you search for that on YouTube, you'll you'll find me. Uh, and yes, I I set up a snare trap type of trigger. And then was slinging at a a target that would then trip the snare, and then uh, Looney Tunes Bugs Bunny style dropped a ton of bricks on the pumpkin. Uh, yeah, absolutely fun. And you know, all the credit for that video really goes to my six year old son who added color commentary in the background and yeah. absolutely made the video uh, <laughs> worthwhile. Yeah, it, it's a it, really good video. <laughs> Uh, it was a lot of fun to make too. A very complicated video to shoot. I had so many different shots, but uh, uh, it was that was a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, the Easter egg challenge. Also, that I'll give a shout out to Channing from Practical Paracord. He sent me a sling as a prize for winning the Easter egg challenge this year. And again, that one, mine was more silly than anything. We were just uh, I was slinging at an egg and then took a hit a raw egg over a frying pan and. Uh, on my barbecue grill and then uh, uh, I didn't actually eat that egg I'd cooked another one and made it look like I was eating the egg but just just kind of silly fun and most of that has very little to do with slinging there was a sling involved but the (laughs) challenges are just a really fun way to engage in the community it's entertaining it it's uh, in this case it was also it's probably pushing my videography skills more than my slinging skills but still absolutely a joy to get involved in those sorts of things so I'd highly recommend it to anyone and and the best place to do that is on the forums on singing.org. So uh, I'd highly recommend that the forum is a little awkward to use sometimes. It, it kind of feels like you're you're back on dial up. But uh, you know, if you're willing to, to figure out the, the interface and, and put up with a little bit of that, those forums are absolutely great for engaging with the rest of the singing community. The best thing about the challenges has been that it's forced uh, me for certain but i think for other people it's kind of encouraged us to go out and actually get slinging like i think one of the problems is that you can kind of get uh you can kind of build it up as oh well you know i've got to go do this and you know, take the things there and then set up and the... but if you've got sort of a more of a sort of reason for going out there you've got this challenge to like meet it can really help motivate uh some sling practice because you know even with all these sort of extra things you can you can do and making it entertaining you are going out and slinging and that's you know the main thing so it's a it's a good motivator i've gotten to know a lot more slingers through the challenges than just interacting on the forums or just by slinging directly yeah yeah that's true plenty to talk about with those challenges let's talk about you know in in that odd chance that you can get more than one slinger within you know 100 square miles of each other the uh, there's a few you know sport things that are more almost like paintball back back to you know well instead of blood and guts we'll just simulate the blood and guts by by <laughs> pretending we're at war and uh, slinging at each other. If anybody has ever played paintball, it's a lot of fun to shoot at your friends in a in a controlled and safe responsible way. 
And the same can be true of slinging. I think generally the, the slinging community that Kick and I are in recommend if you're going to do something like that, that you use uh, sock balls. That's, that tends to be our favorite ammo for throwing at people because it weighs almost nothing and it's, it's just a sock. If you sort of make the sock ball uh, well, then you, you can get sort of enough weight so that it does travel, but you know anything it hits isn't going to be damaged. Like I've been doing a lot of the indoor slinging with sock balls, which are then wrapped in balloons. Uh, they're often called rusty balls by uh, uh, Jagor, who is on YouTube um, and on the forum. He's he's made uh, them using sand, which you know is far too dense a material for use indoors or against people. But if you use sock balls and wrap them in balloons, then um, that can be a very good ammo and won't hurt really anyone or any or break anything. So that's one way of uh, doing, it. and that does give you enough of a weight to be able to throw it, but without damaging anything. So I, I will put a caveat to that. Uh, I, I won't tell you why, but um, so getting hit between the legs, even with a sock ball, isn't necessarily pleasant. Um, yeah, the, you do need to take some some precautions, but um, for the most part, they're safe. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, you're, nobody's going to get seriously injured. You, you might no. be down for the count for few minutes if, you, <laughs> if somebody gets a lucky shot um and there there is sporting equipment to prevent that sort of thing so if you're if you're totally if, if you want to be totally safe wear a cup but otherwise yes yeah, sock balls or a sock wrapped in a balloon the nice thing about the balloon is that it keeps it all in one nice shape it's a little more aerodynamic yeah they fly a bit better yeah and you can get enough weight uh to to actually throw them at least short range they should work just fine the thing that I've used that I've had pretty good luck with is these wool dryer balls. So it's it's basically just like a, a sphere. It's about the size of a tennis ball, and it's just a big ball of wool. And you can buy those. They're uh, somewhere between $1 and $2 a piece on Amazon. Um, and and those work pretty much like sock balls. It's, it's basically, you know, it's a ball of wool. So it's basically the same thing. One of the um, other recommendations i haven't tried it out actually but i've i've heard it recommended a few times is um using marshmallows because they they again they're they're very light and and won't do any harm to anyone but they do have just enough weight to you know be able to throw them some distance at least so and then of course you have a delicious snack for you know after you've finished so that's right yeah you just have to scrape it off of a tree first yeah just just brush it off and it'll be fine so (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, we fine. Yeah, I, I think uh, David the Shepherd is probably the most famous uh, example of using marshmallows, slinging marshmallows, and I'm pretty sure he uses a fairly heavy sling. So because the marshmallows weigh so little, he the momentum of the sling allows him to sling it, uh, even though it's so light. Just to be clear, uh, that's not the biblical David that we already talked about. That's uh, a yeah, that is an online character who. Uh, yeah, who operates under under the name David the Shepherd? Yeah, yeah, and and he does he does do a I think a Bible themed uh, it's some sort of a Bible themed show where he demonstrates slings. He also sells his own slings. He has his own website. He he's not a sponsor. I've interacted with him on the forums, uh, but I don't know him that well. But I know that he's posted some YouTube videos where he uses uh, marshmallows to sling. So that's. That's the example that I that comes to mind for me when I think of slinging marshmallows is David the Shepherd. Yeah, that's one of the fun things about this being a relatively small but international community is uh, 
everybody kind of knows of each other, even if they don't know each other. But David, uh, feel free to uh, send us a hello anytime if you if you hear this. Give us a, give us a shout out or not. You know, whatever. It's okay. I'll just wait by my phone and cry until you call. <laughs> Should we do Slash? Well, uh, yeah. So let, let's uh, yeah. Slash is a good uh, good segue. So Slash. Uh, I just Googled Splash, and apparently there's some sort of uh, ninja or samurai video game of the same name. So it has nothing to do with the slinging version of Splash. But Splash is a little bit more organized than a bunch of people getting together and throwing socks at each other. But it's almost the same thing. Yeah, it, it has sort of similar rules to dodgeball, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I think I think there's there's two teams and there's uh, a line that you're not allowed to cross, and then uh, basically you're slinging sock balls and trying to knock the other team out. So it, it's very similar to dodgeball with a sling. Uh, you know, one thing I will say is if you're slinging at other people in in this sort of fun, silly way, you definitely don't want to get too close because uh, you're more likely to hurt someone with the sling itself than the ammo the tip of the sling can break the, the sound barrier. So if somebody gets too close to you, you can give them a nice little uh, gash or you know, at least a, a nasty red mark, or you could even hit somebody in the eye if uh, if you're not careful. If you're really unlucky, the tip of a sling could actually do some damage to an eyeball. So, so be careful there and keep your distance. Don't get too close to other people if you are doing this sort of uh, dodgeball type of thing. And I believe Splash sets up rules that that mandate distances between people. So I just want to throw that out there for, for safety. Be careful and be aware of not just where your sling ammo goes, but where the sling itself goes when you, when you throw. Um, okay. So splash, I think there may be a couple of videos. We'll, we'll try to post a link to a video of people playing splash and uh, some more information on that on the show notes as well. Sling golf. Are we going to talk about sling golf? Yeah, I, I, sling golf is interesting because I I would really want to play it sometime, but I I still haven't managed to. Um, it's interesting because it's it's very much like the same sort of idea as frisbee golf in that it's playing playing golf, but with something other than a golf ball and golf clubs. Which over in over here in Finland, um, frisbee golf or disc golf, however you want to call it, is very popular. So um, I'm wondering if sling golf could take off over here as well. We need to work on that. Yeah, and you know the if you if you talk to serious disc golfers, then you know they they usually will end up carrying multiple discs around. Sometimes they have a special backpack that holds all of their discs of different weights and different. Uh, you know, they they have putters and they have drivers, and you know, they they get very specific about the specific function of each disc and what it's supposed to be used for in sling golf in disc golf. And I think if if Sling golf, if it took off, I think you would probably see some interesting innovations in that same direction where you might end up carrying multiple slings and having multiple... Well, sling golf uses a golf ball, usually. So you wouldn't have multiple ammunitions, you'd just use a golf ball, but you might actually have multiple sling designs for different purposes as you're trying to hit your target and score points. We know from history um, that the, and we'll talk about this again in another episode, we say that a lot, but there's so much to that we're touching on here. But um, the Balearic Islanders, it's said, had three different lengths of sling for throwing at different distances. So you'd have a longer sling for a longer distance and, and shorter for close range. So I think something like that would be like quite useful for, for sling golf. You have your 
your driver and your putter and you know <laughs> all the uh, all the different distances that you need to reach so yeah this is why i, I want to try it out because i i want to try out some of these ideas and i know that there are some people that have played sling golf but i haven't really heard much about how they've gone about it so um yeah i, I think that'd be something really interesting to try yeah i'll say the same thing here i have not tried sling golf it does look like a lot of fun um and I've always said that uh, that sling and golf, have, I think they both touch that same sort of addictive fun point in the brain where you feel like you have control and you want to keep trying and, and keep improving. Uh, golfers tend to have that same sort of addiction, or at least this is by observation, not by direct experience, because I'm not an experienced golfer or sling golfer. Uh, but again, you know, I'm, I'm on the microphone, so I'm an expert, folks. <laughs> so no, I, but it, it does have a... A certain golf and singing have have a lot in common in terms of them being, uh, you know, it's a very mechanical activity that that ties the body and trying to hit the projectile uh, in a very controlled way, in a way that that you always feel like you can do better and you just want to keep going. So if you're if you're self competitive, then it's the sort of thing that would be fun because you keep pushing yourself. But also, it's it's fun to just get out there and throw some golf balls around. Golf balls are are fun ammo. The the weight, the size, the they they go really far. Uh, so when you when you have a place where you can safely throw golf balls, it is fun to throw golf balls with the sling. Yeah, I, th- I think with with sling golf, it's the it it covers both of the areas that we're talking about with um, competition and sling. And that you have you're trying to maximize distance and you're trying to get that accuracy as well. So it's it's sort of the the perfect marriage of those two things in in a competition in a lot of ways. So yeah, it'd be really, I really want to go out and try it. There are some golf courses. There's quite a lot of golf courses um, in Finland, but I don't know how many of them would be okay with me going on with a sling, but I need to go ask really, see if I can, if, if, if they'll let me on the driving range. Yeah, I, I can actually walk out in my front yard and I can see a golf course, but I have yet to go out there and try. Uh, I haven't asked to see if I can go out singing and uh, I can't get on the golf course from my front yard without going way around to the front gate. But uh, I have no excuse for not at least trying to go out on the golf course and, <laughs> and toss some golf balls around. So maybe maybe we'll, uh, uh, speaking of friendly competitions kick, we'll see who gets out there first and uh, uh declare a winner on who's who's bold enough to actually go to the golf course and try it <laughs> well again there's the there's the competition acting as a good motivator again it's a really good good way of uh getting into getting into into some slinging and challenging yourself it's great motivator so, yeah that's right that's right i'm gonna win by the way ah okay okay it's like that okay <laughs> <laughs> all right Okay, so uh, the last thing on the slinging for sport that I had in my notes here was trick shots and slinging for entertainment. Yep. Uh, we covered that a little bit with the pumpkin and Easter egg challenge stuff. Uh, and we'll, we'll post some videos uh, to some of those things. But uh, shout out to our friend uh, Mitch Mursa, who is currently kind of the trick shot king when it comes to slinging. There's some really good trick shotters out there. Iron Goober's another good one. Uh, you mentioned Yegur. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's some good trick shot uh, slingers out there, and, and they're all on YouTube, I believe. Yeah, but, I think uh, the, all the videos are on there, so we'll have links for all of them. Yeah, we'll throw up some links to everyone there. So there are some really entertaining videos, really 
amazing skill shots uh, when it comes to slinging. Uh, and the thing I love about the trick shots is that it, it kind of pushes your belief in what's possible with a sling. It's not always necessarily something you could do over and over again. It, it might take many tries before someone actually achieves one of those trick shots, but it doesn't matter. What it shows is that it's actually possible. One of the big things with slinging that people find is that it's very difficult to get accuracy quickly. Like, uh, you know, with a bow, someone can get within pretty good accuracy within maybe a few days of practice. With a sling, it can take months, possibly years. years. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, seeing people actually manage to make these shots is kind of shows it, it shows that you know it, these things are difficult but as you say that they are possible that uh it's not as an inaccurate as people say it is yeah or it doesn't have to be i mean it, it still can be i mean it's you know with practice you can get fairly accurate and you know that's we talked about that a little bit with the biblical account of david and goliath even there, there are cases where you know, historically speaking people have been more accurate but the sling is part of their life part of their daily life sometimes you know it's what feeds them or keeps them safe. So mm. if you're not slinging every day as part of your culture and haven't grown up with it, you feel like it's, you may, you may not be as accurate as you could be, but there is this limiting belief sometimes where people tend to talk themselves out of believing they can be more accurate. And I like the trick shots in terms of inspiration because it shows you that you really can do more, even if you didn't grow up slinging uh, from a little child yeah but so examples we should give some examples of what these trick shots are uh i think the the one that uh, a lot of the people we just mentioned all did was the bottle challenge or what the hourglass challenge the hourglass challenge yes the hourglass challenge so the hourglass challenge you take a glass bottle and then another glass bottle and you put a card like a playing card in between and then the challenge is to hit the playing card and the top bottle is filled with sand so you hit the playing card, knock the card out from between the bottles, and then the sand pours from the top bottle into the bottom bottle. You know, you think about the thickness of a card, and they tend to be a good 10 meters away, 30 feet uh, for those Americans who don't think in meters like me. So uh, they're more than 30 feet away, and they're trying to hit the thin side of a playing card with a rock or a rusty ball or a tennis ball or something like that. And also try not to knock the bottles over, which is... Yes. <laughs> Difficult enough as it is, so yeah. I, honestly, the bottle is a challenging enough target. Yeah, yeah, just hitting a bottle is, can be difficult. So yeah, not hitting a bottle and hitting a card in between two bottles is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, you have to not hit the, the glass bottle, not knock anything over, and then get just the right spot to knock that card out. And you have to hit it in just the right way, too, right? If you, if you hit it uh, moving up or down and don't hit the very edge... Uh, or hit the edge with the center of your ammo in just the right way, then it's not going to get knocked out from between the bottles. It might spin it. You might uh, just kind of bend the card out of the way. So it, it is an extreme challenge. And Yegur, Mursa, and Iron Goober, I know all three of them have, have done that challenge uh, and posted it on YouTube. So it is possible, and it, it's not just one person. There are multiple people who have accomplished that level of uh, accuracy and caught it on video. So Mercer's done some really fun ones lately. He he, I don't know if it was uh, COVID pandemic lockdown boredom or what, but he he went through a stint of a whole bunch of trick shots that he was putting out last last year, maybe maybe this year as well. Yeah, started started this year, I think. Yeah, started this. Year. Okay, yeah, my my timelines are a little fuzzy, but uh, uh, every, everyone's on now. <laughs> that fair enough, fair enough. Uh, he he 
put out a candle with a sling. He, he did some, all sorts of little, really interesting ones, uh, that were, uh, pretty impressive. So I, uh, I think, uh, well, again, we'll post a, a link in the show notes on catchthispodcast.com. Uh, that, that's where you can find all the show notes and things for, uh, for these podcasts if you, if you want more information. And again, you know, not trying to self-promote. We're not making any money on the site or anything. I think I'm spending money on the site just to keep it <laughs> up and running right now. But uh, um, the whole idea is we want some place where if you want more information or want to you know, see something about uh, something we mentioned, then we, we'll post the show notes there and, and you can uh, find links to the videos and that, that sort of thing. So that, that's all that that's about is uh, castispodcast.com is where we post those show notes. And depending on how you're listening to this podcast, we try to put some notes also in in the podcast uh, show notes themselves. But you know, it's it's easy to point to that one spot. So I, I will say again that uh, shoot us an email, and I will uh, I'll randomly draw from whoever comes and talks to us, and I will send you a a free sling. Uh, it is of my own design. I I make a lot of these things, and I think they're pretty great. I think they're fun, and if you don't if you don't have a sling or don't want to make your own, then it's a good chance to to get one from me. I I can say that they're they're good slings. I've got two of them now, <laughs> so I recommend them. That's kick approved. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Whatever that means, if that means anything. <laughs> oh, it it that means everything. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. Let's cue the outro. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at catchthispodcast.com, on the sling.org forum, on YouTube, and at catch underscore this underscore podcast on Instagram. Music by Wintergarten. Catch you next time.